Welcome to the How to Code Well podcast, a show all about web development and programming. My name is Peter Fisher. I am a freelance web and mobile applications developer. Hello coders, today we're going to be talking about a fantastic resource for when you're learning programming and web development. I'm joined by Kimberly Cook from CodeBar. Kimberly, how are you doing? Have you had a good week? I have and I'm good, thank you very much. Excellent. So you're the a director at CodeBar. Can you talk about yeah. what CodeBar is? So CODEBAR is an organization that runs free programming workshops for underrepresented people in tech. Uh, we we started five years ago um, and we've run almost a thousand, well, over a thousand workshops since we started. A thousand workshops in, yeah. in that space of time. That's incredible. So uh, where are these workshops? Um, so workshops happen all over the world. Um, if you want workshops to start in your city, mm. uh, you can then start them, basically. Um, it did start in London, so London happens to be our biggest chapter. But we now actually have 24 active chapters running around the world. And by chapter, I mean workshops in a city. Right, okay. That's that's a crazy amount in that space of time. That's fantastic. Yeah. That is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we, we kind of never expected it to grow at this pace. Right. Um, and it's kind of all happened really organically. Yeah. Um, you know, we started in London and then someone from Brighton was coming up and she was like, you know, can I start one in Brighton? And we're like, we, we can see how this can grow. Um, but we never actually actively went to like any city and started them. Mm. Um, they did grow from people emailing us saying, you know, we think these workshops are really cool. Um, you know, it really sucks that, you know, diversity in tech. And so mm. can I start a chapter in Barcelona? Right. Or, you know, can I start one in Helsinki? Yeah. And then, you know, we go through the process of setting those chapters up with them. And then before you know it, there are 24. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're, um, you're one of a few, te of a few directors, right? So how many, how many people are there who are directing this? So we have seven directors, um, right. all female programmers. Right. Um, and actually most of us have started at CodeBar as students. Okay. Um, yeah. So there, there was the one founder, Despo. She, she founded CodeBar. Mm. Um, and then everybody else either was coaching. So I started, started coaching. Mm. Um, and then some others came as students. And then, you know, as, as you need more help, you bring extra people on. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, now we have seven directors, that, all that's female incredible. programmers. That's incredible. Is, we think it's sick. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. May I ask what your your background is in terms of the programming side? Yeah. So um, I I did a degree um, in Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. It was a Bachelor of Arts, actually. Um, so it's not a, a science degree, yeah. but it, it did involve coding. Um, and I actually loved my degree because it was kind of for someone who enjoyed the internet. Mm -hmm. They didn't really know what they wanted to do. So mm -hmm. it was a broad set of skills from you know building websites building apps gaming 3d modeling for those games but you also had to do all of the design elements to mm. all of this and mm -hmm. um, which is why it's a bachelor of arts yeah. um and then 
from that, you then got to go into all of these different areas in tech. So from my degree, you have people who are app developers, web developers, you know, project managers, designers. Um, and then I realized that actually what I really enjoyed was the development side of things. Yeah. And, you know, I have an eye for design, but right. if I try to do anything, it looks like a 12 year old. <laughs> so you really don't want me to do any designing, but. I know what, you know, what things work and what things don't. Mm -hmm. um, and so, mm -hmm. yeah. And so then after my degree, um, I went into a, a development agency called Pixel Eggs. I was there for a few years. Right. Um, and then from that, I just carried on my development career and realized that actually that was what I was better at. Awesome. That sounds fantastic. So you've been at Codebar for several years. How Four. did you, how, how did you start getting in? What was the thing that drove you to that? So I was actually bouldering with a friend in London um, mm -hmm. and he was like, have you heard of this thing called Code Bar? And I was like, no, what, what is this thing? Tell yeah, me. Yeah. Um, and so he told me that, you know, his friend had started this thing. Um, you know, I think it was a couple of months old at this time right. um, and that they were always looking for new coaches, particularly if you're a woman. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just like, yeah, you know, and particularly in London, you're so busy that you're mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. I'll try and fit mm -hmm. this thing into my schedule. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is, is that these workshops are every single Wednesday in London. And so if I couldn't go one week, it was OK. Like I could just go the next week. Like you yeah. have no, yeah. you know, you're not signing on to this thing where you have to attend six weeks in a row. You know, right. if you're free, you can go. And yeah. so I think after a few weeks, I eventually went. And then I started coaching. And then the thing I loved the most was just the enthusiasm from right. the students and, and also the coaches, you know, like every single person involved in Cobar, even us directors are volunteers. Right. And so right. you get this huge sense of just like excitement, enthusiasm. Yeah. And people do enjoy going, you know, people make friends from it, you know. Mm. And if you're new to London as well, like London can be really scary, mm -hmm. daunting mm -hmm. and quite a lonely place as well. And actually – you, you you make some really good friends from it mm, and um mm. and uh, yeah i just kept going and mm. kept attending and now mm -hmm. you know four years later i'm a director that's fantastic that's such a great story to for, from yeah. from degree to uh director of code of one of the directors at cobar that's uh that's crazy that's really really good hats off to you um what you. what's your kind of uh day-to-day -day responsibilities of of Cobar? So they can vary depending on what, where we're at in the company. You know, mm -hmm. more recently it was filing a tax return. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but currently at the moment, we're actually going through the process of registering as a charity. Okay. Um, so we met with a lawyer in October. Mm hmm. Um, and he, he sat us down and he showed, he explained to us all the things that we'd need to do if we wanted to become a charity. And so, and actually we've been working with him to get that ball rolling. Mm -hmm. So a big part of what I'm doing at the moment is getting all the documentation ready for that, helping him put together our constitution act. Um, right. you have to put together a business plan. Yeah. Um, and then also the day to day running of the workshops, you know, because I'm, I'm currently in Canada, I don't actually go to any workshops at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's good because it frees me up to do a bunch of other things. Yeah. So, you know, helping new chapters get set up. We had an email from someone in Milan, um, a couple of weeks back saying they wanted to start one. So we've, we're just getting the ball rolling with that. There's a few other chapters who are, who are just starting out or about to have their first workshop. Right. Um, so they're helping them. Um, and then also we have a bunch of, we have two blogs that we maintain. So right. there's, there's 
the code log, which is just our, you know, our generic blog that has, uh-huh. you know, some community bits if someone goes to a conference. And then we also have one called Cobar Stories, which okay. is, we call it our gallery of people. And it's basically people who are now developers who have come through Cobar. And we just like to show off these awesome people mm. um, that have also completely different backgrounds. You know, yeah. no one, no one's journey into tech is the same. You know, we have people on there who used to be science teachers and they're now developers. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just a showcase to people that, you know, you can change career at any point. No mm-hmm. one's journey is the same. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to have a degree. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to be self – you don't have to go through a boot camp. No. Um, so there's maintaining those. Um, and then there's just a general helping of the chapters. You know, we have 24 chapters. There are 80 volunteers running wow. workshops. So you get a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, you know, and you, you just you just have to help people if they have questions um yeah. and so yeah there's 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 a lot involved it sound, from listening to you it sounds like you you are getting a buzz just from talking about it it's it's oh yeah it, i do it's like an addiction right you, you, you yeah <laughs> I, I can get frustrated right but I, I don't think i could ever give it up no awesome that's fantastic you, and you said that you're in canada at the moment right um yes but, but you've you from you went to uni at uh, bournemouth did you say Yes. Yeah, so, so that's I, Bournemouth in the UK. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm from the UK. I'm from Southampton. You know, I studied in Bournemouth and then I moved to London and I was yeah. working in London for five years. Um, and I realized that the job I was doing as a developer, mm-hmm. I could do anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have this huge privilege where mm-hmm. the job that I do, all I really need is a laptop. And, you mm-hmm. know, the software out there nowadays, you know, Slack, mm-hmm. Google Hangouts, you know, you you can really work anywhere and so mm-hmm. two years ago no two and a half years ago yeah uh, me and my boyfriend we were like shall we go and work in berlin for two months <laughs> see what it's like That's and we brilliant. did it you know we 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 quit our full-time jobs and we both started contracting mm-hmm. um and then we went to berlin mm-hmm. and then we yeah we've been constantly on the go now for two and a half years That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Yeah. It's only actually today that I was speaking to my wife and I, I said to her that, that I've spent more time in my professional career as a remote developer than I have actually yeah. been in an office, um, yeah. which was kind of a bit of a weird sort of realization. Yeah, remote working does have its challenges. You know, mm. you're, oh, you're yeah. not always necessarily yeah. with a team. Yeah. But actually, the, the team that I'm with at the moment, um, I work for Hive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I go back to London quite often. So, you know, I actually went and spent three months um, in the summer there. So, right. you know, I then go back into the team and it's really nice. You know, right. we have 22 developers on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a third don't live in the UK. A couple that live in the UK, you know, one's based in Brighton and he, he only comes to the office like two days a month. Yeah. Um, and so actually the work, the, the remote team there is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I had to say to them, you know, do you mind me going to Canada? You know, it is an eight hour time difference. And they were like, you know, we, we, we can make it work. It's fine. And so, you know, I do get up for 6 a.m. meetings. Sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, and, and I'll have like, say, four hours of crossover yeah. with the UK. Yeah. I can then go snowboarding for two hours. And <laughs> then I have this peaceful afternoon where i know no one's going to talk to me on slack because everyone's finished work where i can get my head down and work you are living the dream <laughs> yeah I, I i am and i i know i am and i'm 
I feel very, very lucky. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, there's definitely something I know we're, we're, we're sort of diverging here, but there's definitely a, uh, a thing about remote working when you are working at a, in a different time zone, because you can actually get a lot of work done whilst yeah. the other team is asleep. And so yeah. you can get stuff ready and prepared for them when they need it. Yeah. yeah, and even with COBA, you know, because we have workshops in New York, Sydney, mm. Mm. you know, actually the time zone with in regards to COBA isn't a problem because we actually have, because we now have workshops all around the world. Yeah. I don't need to be in London for that well, either. You're global, so aren't even you? that, yeah. and even with that now, I can I can schedule calls to people at different times. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's yeah. Sometimes a bit easier than it is when I was based in London. Awesome, that's fantastic. Okay, so let, let's let's um, uh, talk about what what someone can expect from going to one of these code bar workshops what is it that they can that they will do when they go so one of the first things we ask people when they sign up is what is it you want to learn um right. you know and the one option is i don't know i'm a complete beginner you know you don't have to have a text editor right. um and then if they have selected that they'll come to the workshop and you know the the, the organizers signing in will just ask them a few questions mm-hmm. um some people want to come and they just want to learn you know a bit of html because they're a designer and they know that it will be able to enhance them as a designer some people who are product managers want to come and they want to bridge that gap between them and the designers yep. and you know developers sorry and some people do come because they want to be developers right. and so okay. the way the workshops um operate is that you tell us what you want to learn mm-hmm. we'll pair you with someone else learning that same thing right. then you'll get assigned a coach so it's two students to one coach is the ratio that we always try to go for oh that's awesome that's um yeah, yeah i didn't realize that so yeah so we, we realized quite early on that the the teacher student format with like you know one teacher stood at the front and then like a classroom of 20 people is actually quite daunting you know yeah and if, yeah. if you have a question and a lot of people feel that the questions that they have to ask yeah. are silly questions <laughs> and they're not you know you're learning a new skill like whether it's coding or you know riding a bike like learning any new skill is hard and so we realized that actually we preferred the more you know, the smaller way of working, which is, you know, two students to one coach. And then, mm. you know, when, mm. they, when you're only asking this question in front of someone else who is also learning exactly the same thing as you, mm-hmm. they may have been thinking that same thing as well. And so no question is stupid. Yeah, I sniggered then because that is exactly how I felt when I started. When I got yeah. into the industry, it was like, oh, great. Now I've got this degree. I am expected to do this thing. And yeah. yet I don't know anything <laughs> yeah. So, yeah uh people yeah. get shocked when i tell them that i got my first job and i didn't know git and they're like what do you mean you didn't know git and i'm like well that wasn't taught as my degree no you know i've learned several programming languages but yeah. Git wasn't something that i learned yeah and people find that really shocking yes yes and uh i i remember my lecturer one of my lecturers saying that the stuff i would learn in the first year would be outdated by the second year and that was pretty much true and particularly in tech yeah yeah we were told that things like xml was going to be the uh the the b end all of everything jason wouldn't wouldn't happen yeah. and yeah it was like nuts yeah it's a big thing of actually at cobar why you'll notice in our tutorials that we don't have any frameworks or libraries we actually try to stay away from them because you know react is cool at the moment mm. but why go through all that effort of teaching putting together a react tutorial when actually just have vanilla javascript ones to teach people you know 
the basics of JavaScript. And then, you know, we, we get people coming and wanting to learn React. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are already great resources out there to do, to help you learn that. You know, I, we're here to teach our tutorials, teach, you know, no frameworks or libraries. I love that. I love that. And I love that because uh, on the How to Code Well channel here, we have all sorts of tutorials, but hardly any frameworks because of that it's reason. Good. Because of that reason, yeah. because it's you're teaching the the raw native skills that are very transferable across frameworks. Yeah. So you're not actually sort of like uh, blinkered into a single framework, and that's all you know. You you don't learn the language through the eyes of the framework. You're yeah. learning the, the the language, and then you can, if you want to, move to different frameworks later on. Yeah. So I'm totally with you with that. I totally dig yeah. that. And it also it's also varies on city as well. Like I found that like React is huge in London, but no one's actually learning that in Helsinki. And so it doesn't make sense for us to go and put this thing on the on our tutorial set. Yeah. When actually it's it's not necessarily as popular in a bunch of other cities as it is in London. That's a very good point. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you you kind of just go around thinking that everybody is doing everything that you've done or you're working on the same sort of frameworks and stuff but yeah you're right everybody yeah. has different flavors all over the place and it, yeah. i guess it does depend on location and requirements and all of that all of that yeah. stuff so you said that um your st students can come in from a very beginner level how beginner is beginner absolute beginner you right. do not have to have written any code if you want to attend okay. the only thing we say is you just come with enthusiasm to learn like right. that's it. Like, because like I said, when you, when you sign up, there's an option that says, I don't know, I'm a complete beginner, okay. you know, and I've had conversations with students who have come and I'm like, okay, do you have a rough idea? Is it, is it like the front end of a website that you want to build? Like, and they're like, yeah, I think so. And I'm like, cool, let's get you started on the very first HTML tutorial. But then some people come and they're like, no, I want to do a bit of data science. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, okay, well, let's not do HTML. Let's get you straight on Python, you mm -hmm. know, because some people don't want to do the HTML and CSS, you know, some people do want to do Python. Mm. Um, mm. And even if they've never, t never written any code before, you know, that might be their preferred language that they want to learn. And yeah. so that's why, yeah, we have the option of, I don't know my complete beginner. Mm -hmm. you, you don't even have to have a text editor, you know, a coach can help you, you know, get one set up, download right. one. Um, that's fantastic. So yeah, yeah. The, 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 these are coaches that, you can physically see and talk to yeah. and show your laptop to them and they can give them advice and stuff. That's yeah, fantastic. And even as a coach, you know, you don't have to have this broad set of skills, you know, okay. when, when we do the pairing at the beginning, you know, I'll say, you know, I've got Kim and Peter both doing, you know, intro to JavaScript. Can I have a coach? And then okay. all the coaches that feel comfortable teaching that topic, they raise their hand and then we, we pick one. You know, I would never raise my hand for Ruby because I don't write Ruby, right. um, but I would for any JavaScript. So even as a coach, you know, mm. you don't have to you don't have to know every single thing. You know, you don't have to be an expert. We get quite a lot of students who come through and they're like, I think I'm ready to coach. And we're like, OK, well, why don't you just start coaching on the beginner HTML? You know, they're they're quite a nice intro to coaching. You know, mm -hmm. the tutorials are explain quite a lot mm -hmm. and then as you feel more comfortable coaching you can then you know start to experiment a bit more with what you feel comfortable coaching because coaching is also terrifying as is being a student yeah it is yes it is um so it, am i right in thinking that the the curriculum that you have is 
is is very loose and can be tailored towards the the individual. Yeah. So if you we have our tutorial set, which is six HTML, CSS, six JavaScript. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few Ruby. There's a few Python. There's an intro to command line, and there's two intro to Gits. Okay. Um, however, if you want to do something else, there is another option that says other. Right. So when you are signing up, you know, if you want to do something else, you know, you, you pick that option, you know, because some people might be doing, you know, Ruby Catters. And so, you know, we have people, you know, coming and doing Code Wars, you know, Code Academy. And, you know, that's completely fine. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, because, we'll, you know, not everyone's going to like our tutorials and, and we know that. And mm-hmm. particularly people who are, you know, six stages into, you know, doing the JavaScript, you know, Code Academy, you know, they want to continue with those. And so mm-hmm. it's completely fine to bring something else. Sure. The only thing we do say is that you can't bring any work that is part of a curriculum. So you can't bring any work that's part of a boot camp or part of a university degree because that's really hard for coaches to come in. If you're, you know, eight weeks into your boot camp and you've got a bit stuck, mm. it's actually really hard in two hours for a coach to try and help you. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, we say, you know, go back to your boot camp, ask mm. for help from them. However, you can still attend our workshops. You know, you can still be learning Ruby, JavaScript, something else mm-hmm. at our workshops. You just can't get help with the curriculum work because that's really hard for coaches. That's uh, that's a very good point. I guess also, um, you it's not like you're not it's not like you're te- going to be teaching something different, but you don't want to sort of like pollute their yeah um, I don't know their learning structure. That Particularly on. if it's for, you know, like you're about to handing an assignment at yeah, uni and yeah. then, you know, this coach is doing something completely different to the way your lecturer expects you to mm. do it. And then, you know, we'd feel awful if they went and like failed a module or something because they were like, well, we went to Cobar and they said that mm-hmm. we should be doing it this way. And mm-hmm. so, you know, still attend, still come and, you know, broaden your knowledge, mm-hmm. but just not the curriculum work is all, is all we ask. And also um, there's more than one way to solve a problem in programming. Yeah. And and different developers have different styles of doing things. Yeah. Um. And it, yeah, you would it it would almost be confusing to the student having yeah. two styles conflict. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. I, I haven't appreciated that before, but yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah. So, um, can we talk about where the code bars are actually located? Are they um are they in sort of I don't know um. Office blocks or um, restaurants or <laughs> so generally they are tech companies. Right, you know okay. companies will say, you know, we've got some space. You know, can we can we host you? Mm-hmm. And that's where we are. So you know, depending on where they are, you know. So we have a, a few companies that actually help in multiple cities. Okay. So we have ThoughtWorks that help in London. Uh-huh. And Manchester, right? For example, right. we have Twitter have hosted the London one and the New York one, as have Google. Um, cool. And so these, you know, these tech companies do help actually at multiple of our chapters because also when you're starting a new chapter, mm. I'll be like, you know, it's starting in New York, and you know, we've been to us too as well in London. So we'll be like, you've got a New York office. Can the New York office start hosting us? And they'll be like, yeah, sure. We'll put you in contact with our, you know, office manager in New York. And then mm-hmm. they start hosting us. And then after you've run a few of them, you'll get mm-hmm. other people, other companies start to come in mm-hmm. um, and then offer up their space. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, really good. 
Um, yeah. So what about things like co-working spaces as well? Can, do you so we have those? been to a few co-working spaces. Um, the big, the few, the problem we've always had is that sometimes they can't do food and drink. Uh-huh. Um, so they've okay. got a great space, but it then requires more work for us to try and find another sponsor to give us money to do food and drink. And it then means we have to try and handle money, right. which we can do. It just adds this extra layer of yeah. like yeah. extra work for organizers. But yeah, we have, um, I think Berlin, go to, there's a, a company in Berlin. I can't mm. remember the name of their co space, but there's one that they go to quite a few times. Um, mm. In London, we've been to a few different WeWorks. Um, right. But that's mainly through the company inside the building. So Charlotte Tilbury were one that they were like, you know, we're based in a WeWork, so they're okay. going to host it at the WeWork. Right. However, it was Charlotte Tilbury as our host, not WeWork, but we were in a WeWork. Organisational inception. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's really, really good. And how many on average do you think uh, do uh, – how many on average – in terms of students are there per you said there's hang on sorry you said that there was two two students per coach so how many people so how many we get the amount of people that attend are based on the host so if someone emails us and they're like you know we want to host you know one of the first things we say is you know can you supply some food and drink and Mm. then the other one is you tell us the numbers okay so you know you say to us how many people you can host we'll then do the maths of you know two-thirds students one third coaches okay um and in terms of numbers per workshop it really varies between chapters actually because london is a lot bigger so they on average 60 people per workshop okay um some of the smaller chapters um are between 20 to 30 people but you know that they they plan to grow yeah you know it takes time you know yeah um and then, you know, we'll, we'll do the maths of, you know, how many students and coaches that is. And then that's then the yeah. number of spots that we release. And is it, is it, um, is it an all day thing? No. So the workshops tend to be in the evenings. So okay. we'll, we'll really go good. into a company after work. So the organizers tend to go in from six o'clock. Right. And then we'll do half an hour of, you know, we'll talk to the company if there's anything that they need from us. You know, we'll set up our laptop and then we ask people to attend from 630. Mm-hmm. We then have half an hour of food and drink. Um, and then at seven o'clock, we'll start the pairing process, which again, depending on numbers, can take five minutes, it could take 10. Mm-hmm. And then people will work, sat, uh, learning for two hours. And then we generally finish at nine o'clock. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, quite a long evening then. Yeah. Quite a long evening. Um, yeah. And can- you know, people can break if they want, you know, if, right. if halfway through they're like, you know, I need a 10 minute break, you know, they might mm-hmm. stop and they might go and get like a, a drink or, you know, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. companies will, give that give tea as an option which is great so you know mm. some people you know the, mm. people do have a break you know we're not like you have to sit there for two hours like because you know that's mentally quite challenging mm. and so you know we, we do say you know if you if you want a break you know that's that's absolutely fine halfway through that's brilliant um some people don't know some people at nine o'clock we'll be like we're finished and they're like no 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 not yet and you know a lot of feedback we get is can the workshops be longer and we're like i don't think we can like <laughs> We, we can't go into these companies any earlier because people are at work and, yeah. you know, nine o'clock, you don't want to be also working until 10 o'clock. But mm. that's also hard for the coaches, the students. Like, so yeah. we're just like, yeah. sorry, but yeah. nine, nine o'clock is a good time to finish. Um, can, can anybody turn up to one of these things or do they have to go through a particular process um, uh, of, of sign up? Uh, yeah. So there is a sign up process. Um, 
on the website uh we use github auth so you one thing you do is you do have to have a github account um and then obviously students we have an eligibility criteria because we are aimed at diversity so women non-binary lgbt and ethnic minorities um we don't there's no rigorous check with that you know we're not gonna (laughs) we don't make people like sign something online to agree that they fit that eligibility criteria we we trust people you know because also you you can't necessarily always know from just looking at someone no you know we 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 base a lot a lot of that on trust yeah um and then as if a coach we don't have the eligibility criteria with coaches because we wouldn't have any coaches (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah and then yeah it's just sign up and then you know chapters send out emails so when a chapter releases a workshop Mm. you know they'll send out emails to all the people that are subscribed to that chapter whether you're a student or coach or Mm. both um and then if you want to attend that workshop you just click the rsvp button if you don't you can just delete the email right so i'm just thinking in i'm just thinking now um so let's say someone let's say someone wanted to get into the industry but didn't have funds to um to do one of these university courses that cost so much money um yep. is that could could they come to the t- yes to your if, co- co- if co- they bar? meet the eligibility criteria right. okay. yes they absolutely can uh one thing we're actually discussing at the moment is once because the, the hard thing about cobar is you do need a laptop and actually one thing we've said is actually that's mm. instantly a barrier that is, and you yeah. know it's kind yeah. of a bit hip- hypocritical of us to be like you know we're trying to help everybody mm. but yet wait you, you do need a laptop and so one of the things we are discussing at the moment is once we become a charity we'll hopefully get a bit more money mm. and actually could we try and find some way of maybe set aside x amount of money a year depending on how much we get mm-hmm. where we could also then help students if they don't have a laptop actually maybe buy them a laptop right. you know it, we wouldn't say you can go and buy a mac because that's way expensive but you know one that could help them on their journey to being a developer that's awesome yeah that's really good i didn't think of it like that yeah but you're right yeah. you are totally right it is it is a a barrier of entry yeah um, yeah that's a shame <laughs> some some chapters i know do lend laptops i, mean, right. I think peterborough have lent a few laptops to people who have been like you know i want to learn to code but you know i don't have a laptop yeah. and and yeah we and many other chapters have done it you know i've seen emails where they're like you know, someone's like oh my laptop is broke can mm-hmm. i can i come along mm-hmm. and 100 percent of the time we're like someone will lend you a laptop mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. while you're there you know mm-hmm. so come along and you know, it might even be that the coach you're sat with will be like you know you can borrow you can borrow my laptop mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i've i've lent my laptop to during a few workshops to people but they obviously can't then take my laptop <laughs> away no. So, you know, you, they are kind of restricted that they can only do that during a workshop. Mm-hmm. But we we do try to help people if they email us saying, you know, I don't have a laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, before we go any further, can you just say what the URL is to uh, to Codebar? Just to for anyone who Code, who's listening and want to go. Codebar.io. As simple as that. Codebar.io. Yeah. Okay, I'll put links in the descriptions, show notes, and the end screens and all that jazz um and uh and yeah this is um this is a, a really fantastic um initiative i'm i'm really digging this uh, i only discovered this uh through twitter um oh, really yeah yeah and um because i was scrolling through through uh, twitter and someone was mentioning it 
And I was like, okay. that's interesting. And then that was, took Were me, they mentioning a particular chapter or was it just the, the generic London? It London was, one? It, it was in the, that sort of that, uh, hashtag 100 days of code. And they were oh, okay. saying that they had gone and it was, it was really useful. Um, so then I just went down a typical Twitter rabbit hole and then <laughs> <laughs> found, found you guys out. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So in terms of, in terms of coaching, um, what does a coach need to have in terms of skills to, to be a coach? I think the main thing is empathy. You know, you have to understand what it is like to be a beginner. Mm. You know, you, you can't go in and be like, how do you not know that? You know, or like, you know, you have to you have to have some form like empathy to know what it feels like to be a developer. And then, you know, programming does obviously help as well um but you know some of the tutorials that we have are so well written mm. that you know you don't have to be an expert in javascript to coach coach javascript you don't have to be an expert in anything to be a coach you know you're if as long as you know more mm-hmm. that's okay mm-hmm. one thing we we trialed recently was that um i think makers would were you know t- about to take on a cohort so we had about a third of our workshop were people doing ruby cutters Okay. And so I was like, right, it seems it doesn't seem that useful to just pair people in the normal two to one ratio. Mm-hmm. And I also want to encourage students to help students, you know, mm. create discussions. And so we put all of these students in a room. Mm-hmm. We called it the Ruby room because they were learning <laughs> Ruby. Um, we put like, you know, these these 12 students in this room. And there were I think we, we put like four or five coaches in there. So there were still coaches in there, but we wanted to try and encourage students to help students as well. Because, you know, mm. my background is different to yours, even if we're both learning Ruby at the same time. You know, mm. I might have seen a different tutorial to what you've seen. So I might know the answer just because I'm a student. It doesn't mean that I can't help other students. Mm. Um, yep. So we, we do try to encourage that as yep. well. Um, and like I've said. Uh, earlier you know as a coach only coach what you feel comfortable coaching you know don't don't ever be intimidated to think oh my god I'm gonna need to teach you know python I don't know python like that's totally fine you know don't put your hand up for that one thing we try to do when we do the pairing is we do the the most absurd requests first okay so that we've got all of the coaches there um so you know if someone comes along and they're like you know I'm, I'm I want to learn some Haskell mm-hmm you know that that's that's you know quite a niche thing and so well one thing we do say with that is you know have a backup just in case we don't have a coach and then I'll we'd say that you know student first while mm-hmm. we've got all of the coaches because we know that most coaches will be comfortable doing you know html tutorial one mm. so we'll leave that till last and then we'll, yeah. we'll try to say you know the most most obscure first um and then yeah just the main thing is just the empathy you know understanding what it feels like you know one of the things in our coach guide is you know if a student asks you a question don't just give them the answer you Mm -hmm. know show them how you would go about working out that answer Mm -hmm. because that's way more beneficial than me just saying oh yeah the answer is blah you know i'll be like okay here's how i would work that out and you show them the process that you would go through googling that problem and that's way more beneficial than just giving them the answer so. yeah yeah i love that i love that answer empathy or even if you don't yeah. know the answer be like do you know yeah. what? actually i don't know the answer you know you're a human you're not mm-hmm. an expert you know mm-hmm. you may not know the answer and again be like you know what i don't know the answer yeah but actually let's work it out together mm-hmm. and then also that every time a student has told me that's happened to them 
it's relaxed them 10 times more because mm. they think, okay, this person is human. You know, mm. they're not some code expert who knows the answer to everything. And mm. then it's, it's situations like that that will just, as a coach, they can make you feel like just a bit more comfortable, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that answer. Empathy. Empathy is is the key. It's not yeah. necessarily knowing every skill, you know, every no. technical thing. Um, and showing how you go about finding the answer yeah. as well. Um, so I, I've done a couple of courses for publication companies who've wanted clean as a whistle tutorials where right. it's, a, it's a video, green screens behind me, and I am not making a single mistake. Um, That's scary. <laughs> it, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, for like, for, for say, I don't know, half an hour's worth of footage, there's hours and hours and hours worth of trial and error and editing. Yeah. Um, whereas when I go and do a live stream, um, it's obviously completely raw. There's all the bugs, there's all the issues. And half the time I get things wrong. And so I have to go off and search for things. And people dig that because that shows that you are solving the issue and they're solving the issue with you, especially when there's yeah. a, ch a chat thing going on where you can actually communicate. So yeah, no, I'm really digging that. Really, it's like when really you see that. a tech talk, you know, and someone's live coding and then there's a typo and <laughs> they're like, and you know, and you're on stage, yeah. and there's nothing worse than being on stage and something not working. And then, you know, someone in the audience would be like, you know, you've spelt, you spelt that thing wrong. And then you, and then as a developer, I'm like, Oh, it happens to us all. I've, I've been there, you know, yeah, and you're stuck for like you know, half an hour being like, why isn't my code working? You realize it's because of a typo. Mm -hmm. And actually I always remember those situations way more than someone who's live coding and it mm -hmm. goes absolutely perfectly because I'm like, I kind of respect that. Mm -hmm. I know they've probably practiced it a ton, mm -hmm. but when I see, you know, a simple typo, I'm like, oh, thank God it happens to us all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that, you know, the, 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 the squeaky clean courses kind of puts a sort of a false expectation on, yeah, on developers. Yeah. So, okay. So the coaches, they, do they, do they get some sort of, um, screening process to, to work no. out? No, no, we, we don't do anything like that. We do have the coach guide. So when you right. sign up, you know, there's, there's a bullet point list of things that we expect from a coach. Mm -hmm. Um, Every attendee whose first time it is um, in the back end in our admin area will know it's your first time because there's like a little paw print icon <laughs> just before your name. So if you're a student or a coach, we'll know it's your first time. Right. Um, and, you know, particularly with a coach, we have a few people on board that we're like, OK, uh, hey, welcome. You know, it's your first time. Can you go and speak to so and so? Mm -hmm. um, and they'll just they'll give like a little brief rundown again of what we kind of expect from a coach. Um, mm -hmm. You know, don't touch someone's keyboard is one thing that we really, really try to advocate for like we know it can be frustrating sat there and someone if someone's typing quite slow but like let them work it out so don't be like oh there's this thing you know take the laptop and start typing like that's not useful yeah. at all um, yeah. yeah you know we, we have a bunch of things in that that we you know we we, mm. we do require but we we don't do any screening process because we just have so many people sign up mm -hmm. if we if we did a screening process for every single coach um mm. I'd spend all my day doing that. <laughs> but we do get feedback. So, you know, if as soon as the workshops are finished, you know, we send out the next day like a thank you email. And then mm -hmm. we're like, you know, if you have any feedback, let us know. And, you know, people can add a coach there. So uh, many a times, you know, I've seen really positive feedback from coaches and, you know, I've screenshotted it and sent them it in Slack. Mm -hmm. You know, but also, you know, 
reverse that if there is a bit of negative feedback you know or not even negative you know just been like oh my coach did this like it would have been really helpful actually if they did that you know I'll also give that back to the coach because Mm. most people who come along wanting to coach also want to make their mentoring skills better you know we have some coaches who are like you know you know my next job is going to be tech lead which is Mm -hmm. you know mentoring Mm -hmm. people and so you know they may come to cobar to get better at that skill and they really appreciate it when we're like oh by the way this student you know probably didn't appreciate it when you did that particular thing yeah so we always do try to give feedback back to coaches yeah yeah it's very important yeah yeah um so so then they can improve themselves and improve how they change the way they they present the tutorial the workshop yeah Yeah. um and i guess from your perspective you're also mentoring the mentors in that sense You're, you're sort of guiding them as to how how they should do these things Yes, yeah, which is quite yeah. terrifying. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm no expert. You know, I just, I've been doing this for, you know, like four years. So I kind of know what makes a good mentor, what doesn't. And that's also good for me. You know, I, one, it's one thing I'm considering at the moment is, you know, getting a mentor for myself because, you know, I, I'm in this position now where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running Code Bar. You know, mm-hmm. there are 80, you know, volunteers running chapters. And, you know, I'm like, there's no, I've, I've not done any training to you know mm. help people and so one of the things I'm I'm considering at the moment is what I want a mentor but the first thing I need to realize is what do I want from that mentor so that when I have that first meeting with them I'm like here's what I want from you so that they then understand that mm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah well you're doing a fantastic job you're doing a brilliant job so. yeah yeah you're doing brilliant um <laughs> so how does one become a coach? Is there do they go through a, a sign up process like a student would on on the yep. on the website? Yep, so it's yep. exactly the same process. Yep. Uh, you tick the "I want to be a coach" button that's on the homepage, <laughs> and then you'll get taken to um, our page. You you go through the GitHub auth, and then you get taken to another page where you create a profile. So okay. students actually create the profile as well, and that's just you know your name, email your preferred pronoun because that goes on to all name badges okay. um, and just a little bio so that we, you know, we can get a bit of an idea about who you are. And then for the coaches, we actually ask you just to jot down your skills. So it might be, you know, you might, that that's when I then might write, you know, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So then actually we can just see a few of these things in, in the admin area when, mm. when we're considered, when we're doing that pairing process. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It, it, it it sounds like it's a very well organized uh, pro- process, and it, it it doesn't sound like it's got like uh, many roadblocks, many barriers of entry. It's um, no. it's very very good. Um, I've I've I have um, heard of some other places, and there are sort of things that you extra steps in order to 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 yeah. to do this. But um, yeah, that's that's brilliant. Um, so. What about hosting workshops? Um, is this where the sponsors come in, as in the 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 the, the actual bricks and mortar, where you're actually going to put the put the yeah the course? Yeah. So one yeah. thing we always try to do is we try to go to a variation of hosts. Right. Um, so the, you know it's, it's quite nice going to these different companies. You know, you speak to people inside that company about you know what it's like to work there. You know, 
We'll mm. always let people, let companies give a, a little five minute talk at the beginning about who they are, you know, what they do. Sometimes we'll be like, oh, you know, delivery, you know, we'd love to know how you do some of your like data viz stuff. Like, would someone mind giving like, you know, like a, a quick lightning talk at the beginning? And, you know, and they did, you know, they got one of the developers to come along and then, mm. and then they got bombarded with questions after us. And we had to, we were like, right, no more questions. We need to start the pairing process and actually start coding. Um, and yeah, that is, you know, if it wasn't for hosts coming forward, offering up their space, you know, we, we couldn't run Copa. They are how we manage to run them mm. and where, you know, we, we send people and numbers are dictated mm. by them. Mm -hmm. And, and people do love helping us, you know, people mm. do enjoy and people love also showing off their office. They're like, we've got a great office. You know, <laughs> we, we want to show this off. And yet, likewise we lo i love nosing in people's office you know like i love going and being like oh i've never been to this host before yeah, like i can't yeah, wait to go and see yeah. their office you know what was the one in, there was a company in london that i think it was unruly they had a climbing wall yeah. and we were i was like and I, wow. I missed the workshop and i was gutted i was yeah. like oh, i wanted to go to the climbing wall <laughs> that's, <laughs> um, that's great and so, yeah you it's and you like i said the main thing is you also get to just speak to people so like you know you also get to create this network of developers in all of these different companies mm. and you know you get you get to know what they're like so you're like mm. that sounds quite a cool place to work and then you'll keep an eye out so when you see a job a mm. job advert from them mm -hmm. you'll be like i've been there i've heard that it's a great place to work mm -hmm. i'm going to apply to that job that is fantastic that is giving a level of exposure that 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 is you just don't normally get, you know, Yeah. um, you can't as, uh, as someone who's learning code, just go rock up to Deliveroo or anywhere yeah. else and just say, do you mind if I just sit in your office for a few minutes whilst I exactly. try and work through some tutorials? Yeah. You know, um, but the person who was there, um, recently, you know, she was the hiring manager, <laughs> so, you know, what better person to speak to than being like, you know, I'm getting into the tech industry. What's your interview process like? Like, what type of thing would you expect from someone like me looking for my first job? And, you know, and this is the person that's doing the hiring. You know, you're talking to them directly. You know, you're not reading some just job spec. That, mm, mm, you know, mm. there's this thing when you see a job spec and you're like, oh, I can't do 100% of those things. I'm not going to apply. You know, and that's a thing, you know. But a lot mm. of the time when job specs are written, they're writing for the ideal candidate, you know, so you don't have to know every single thing. Mm -hmm. And then by speaking to these hiring managers or, you know, the other developers or the tech leads or, you know, all of these people at the company, mm. you realize that, yeah, I could apply for that job, actually. Yeah. And actually, so yeah. many people at Cobar have got jobs from companies that we've been to. Wonderful. When they see that job spec yeah. and they're like, yeah, I know that person there. They say it's a really good place to work. Like, yeah, I'm going to apply. Or, you know, their interview process isn't that scary. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it, it just breaks that barrier between this this company that you think is completely unrealistic that, you know, you're never going to work for. You yeah. know, like Twitter, Google, you know. Mm, that's, to, that's great. Actually, I've been in their office. You know, this yeah. is feasible for me. Yeah, you, you are humanizing the companies. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, just thinking back to my experience of of all the jobs that I've been involved with um, when I was a full-time dev back in the day, um, I would only, my first ever time seeing the company I was going to work for is the interview. Yeah. And and I would have loved to have had that, that sort of like gentle process where I was I was learning 
at their house <laughs> in their yeah. building that's, that's eating exactly their food. Is, right? <laughs> you know, if, you, if you've been to that office four times because you've been to a mm. meetup, you know, and it might not be code bar, you know, like yeah. London is generally really good in New York and all a lot of the chapters that we have, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you've been to that office three, four times mm. already, mm-hmm. you'll also feel a lot more relaxed going in there than for your job interview because, mm. you know, you know where the toilet is. Y- yes. You know, like yes. tiny little things like yeah. that, like, yeah. you know, even the journey to get there. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to have that cognitive barrier mm. of, right, how do I get there? Stress. Am I going to get lost? Yeah. Am I going to be late? Like yeah. there's nothing worse than that, that feeling of like going somewhere that you don't really know. Like actually, if you've already been there, you know that there's a coffee shop around the corner. Let's mm. say that you might go and chill in for 15 minutes mm. just to calm yourself down. Like, yeah, like you go in and you're like, you know where the toilet is, mm. you know, little things like that, that like you'll then go into that job interview feeling a lot, lot calmer if you've already been there four times. Yeah, that is a very good point. Very, very good point. This is a wonderful, a wonderful thing you're doing. Um, I've said it before on this channel. I'll say it again. I'm probably going to be saying it a lot often uh, with other other guests on. And I wish I knew of this when I was starting out because this is, it, yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> it really isn't just me though. Like it's, it's all of the coaches that turn up, you know, mm. it's the host companies, the organizers, like Cobar isn't just one person, you know, it isn't just, you know, it isn't just us seven directors, you know, it, yeah. it really is like a huge group effort from mm. every single person involved. Mm. That's fantastic. Um, is there anything else that you want to discuss, mention, talk about, promote? Um, um we do have other workshops. Yeah. So one thing um, we do do is if there is something that you want to learn, mm-hmm. you can organize a workshop that will run that thing. So we have we have two types of different events that happen at Cobar. We have our normal programming workshops, mm-hmm. which are, you know, you sign up, you do this tutorial. Then we have this other event type where they're one-off events. So we had someone who was like, you know, you don't really have Android and iOS workshops. Can I start running them? Mm. And every single month last year, she ran one of these workshops. One month it would be iOS. The next month it would be Android, iOS, Android. And, yeah, and then she run these workshops, you know. There's there's another event type, event called the Monthlies, which is a speaker series. So a big thing with tech events and mm-hmm. talks is that you, you, you listen to these talks, but they expect you to have this certain amount of knowledge already. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, they'll use terminology that's confusing. And we realized that there wasn't a thing where these talks were for beginners. They were for people coming into the tech industry. And so a team of people started that. So that's called Cobar Monthlies, which is the last Monday of every month. Right. And then that's again, London based, but Brighton have just started it. Brighton just ran their first Brighton monthlies, which is this speaker series. We then had someone who was like, okay, these Cobar workshops are cool, but what happens if I can't attend one? Can I start running some virtual ones? And so she started head, like heading, running these virtual workshops. Right. Um, and that's run by Charlotte. She's another director. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the same person who run the monthly, she was like, I'd love to run an event where people are practicing tech tests. Okay. So she ran this one-off event that was called demystifying tech tests. You know, someone also wanted to do a panel. They were like, can we just do this like breaking into the tech panel? So, you know, we had four people in this panel who mm. all come from different backgrounds. Mm. Had someone who come from a boot camp, someone who was self-taught, you know, someone who came from a degree. And then I think we had a hiring manager as well. Mm-hmm. And, 
we got loads of questions from Twitter, from mm. the audience, and then it was just these four people answering these questions and then people in the audience just, you know, absorbing all of this knowledge. And again, even with that, like no two people's answers was the same. You know, no. one person, I said one thing and then this other person's like, oh, yeah, but however, I did it this way. Um, <laughs> and so, and actually, so a big thing with Cobar is, you know, if there's something that you want to run in, in your area, you can just like let us know and then we will ha make that happen if it's something that you want. That's good. You know, I think we had someone do an intro to React Native recently. You know, I think Helsinki, Helsinki are doing some gaming ones. Like, right. you know, like you don't just have to stick to, you know, we have this structure of workshops in place, mm -hmm. which, you know, you know, because they've been run so long, they're, they're quite they're not easy to run but there's this you know mm. you get into the motion and it's you know you fairly have a process which is why yeah. then people are like oh it'd be really cool if we could actually do this thing or this thing and this mm. thing and mm. then that's why now there is this other type of event that people can run and people do and so your, your, your you, the virtual events so that uh, can people um who can't attend a normal workshop can they can they attend that virtual event yes yeah. yes so uh the first one is coming up, um, and that's headed by Charlotte. Every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. GMT is when – and she's using something called Discord right. um, where you can sign up, and then it's all going to be done online. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, um, so and that's really cool. And she was like, well, you know, what do people think about me heading this thing? And we're like, that's awesome. Like, do it. So Dis Discord is the, the tool that is going to be used for communication. Is that is that right? Yep. Because I think that's got a, is it a voice chat thing in there? Yeah, so I yeah. think that's how she's going to do it. I yeah. think, I'm not sure how she's going to, I don't know whether she'll have the same structure of like mm. two students with one coach. Mm -hmm. um, I think initially it's going to be a bit of trial and error yeah, to sure. see like what things work, what sure. things don't. Exactly like we did right at the beginning with normal workshops and realised that two students or one coach was way better than, you know, a teacher with 20 students. Um, but yeah, she's, she's starting that every single, every single Sunday. Now, one one question that has just popped into my mind that I'm going to be asked in the comments is, how much does this cost? And it's free, isn't it? Yes. Every single event we run is free. That we is will a, never, ever charge anyone to attend one of our events. And that is a very important point. I want to just hone. It is free. Yes, free, free, free. It's free. Yes, it's, free. It's, it's absolutely free. Yeah. Um, because again, like if we started charging people, that's mm. a barrier. That's mm -hmm. that's not what we're about, you know. Um, mm. So yeah, we, we would never ever charge. For, and on, and on the other event. side, um, it's it's working with volunteers. So you you have a, a pool of volunteers, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Every single person involved is, in Cobar, from the organisers, you know, the coaches, the students, mm. even us directors. Every single person is a volunteer. Excellent. Well, Kimberly, that's fantastic to uh, to get you on the show and talk about Code Bar. Um, before we go, can you just say again what the URL is? Codebar.io. And what's the Twitter handle? At Codebar. Awesome, awesome. I'll put and then all... we have chapter-specific yep. ones, so it'll okay. be like at Codebar NYC, you know, at Codebar Brighton. Mm -hmm. Most of the chapters have their own Twitter handle, but the main one is at Codebar. Wonderful. Well, I'll put all the links that we've mentioned in the show notes below on the screen at the end um, and in the, the cards and so forth. But uh, thank you ever so much for coming on the show, uh, Kimberly. That was, uh, it's, it's um, it, I find it incredibly interesting to listen to people like yourself uh, who have come from uh, a, a very 
your background in terms of degree and then traveling and programming and then volunteering and now being, you know, one of seven directors at an, an institute that is helping so many other people improve their skills. It, it's so incredible to hear. So thank, thank you ever you. so much for, and you must be incredibly busy. So thank you for <laughs> sharing your time with me. Um, no, thank you for having me and letting me talk about Cobra. No worries. No worries. It's been a, pr a privilege. Um, and uh, to everyone else, thank you ever so much for watching on the YouTubes or listening on the podcasts. Thank you ever so much. Happy coding, everyone. I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bye.